Welcome, guys, to episode two of Unknown TO's podcast. I am one of three hosts, Matthew. Uh, we've got Mandela and Corey here with us as well. Uh, so, you know, say hi, guys. It's been a long hey. week. Lots of stories, lots of stories to get up on. So for this episode, we are going to cover uh, the long-awaited Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes matchup in the Super Bowl. We're also going to touch up on Green Bay and Buffalo and how they made their conference uh, finals. Uh, Also going to talk about the Blue Jays, uh, you know, the pitching rotation, the new signings. Uh, I think we got a trade that happened a couple days ago. Uh, Then we're going to talk about the Raptors. Are they tanking? Uh, Things like that. The future of the team. Kyle Lowry scoring 10,000 points. Big stuff. And then we're going to end it off with the NWHL. And we're going to talk to Corey. Uh, where he's got some big news coming out of there. So just to start, uh, did any of you guys watch the conference final games for the NFL? Both, I guess, the the, the conference championship games for both the AFC and the NFC. I had the opportunity uh, to, yeah. All right, so yeah, I had a chance to watch both games, actually. So first you had Bills, the Bills versus KC, which was an actual real good game. Um, surprised a lot of people. I know the Bills were a wagon this year. The whole, obviously, if you must be aware of Bills Mafia, um, they definitely mm-hmm. gained a lot of fans this year. They're def- I'm part of that for sure. Um, yeah, they came Bills out Mafia. strong. I mean, you had Jake Allen, who um, he had a career year. You had Stefan Diggs, who I think- one of the best wide receivers in the league. He had a year for himself. And that all together with um, – the rest of their team were able to put together a good campaign and make it further than a lot of people would have probably thought they did. And especially it's good for them as an organization and a franchise after years of what we can call failure, to to be quite frank, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of being a professional organization. So hopefully this, this is definitely a turn in the right direction. And I can definitely see them keeping this momentum up going into the future and only getting stronger and could potentially also become now a more, suitable free agent destination than it was in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, you had Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. Or, yeah, Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. You had the Battle of the Old Guys, we'll call it, with all due respect to Brady and Rodgers. Um, and quite frankly, the the GOAT came out on top. Um, in my opinion, Tom Brady – uh, now going to his 10th Super Bowl, he's the only NFL player ever in history to do that. Um, he's got a 6-3 and three record, a winning record. We know what he's done with the Patriots. Uh, he's just – his legacy is undefeated. So it's, yeah. it's it's always nice to see the the good players come out on – the great players come out on top, so to speak. I know Aaron Rodgers in his own right is a very uh, very good quarterback, and he's ha- he has a legacy of his own in the NFL, but – He's just never been able to get over that hump. He's he's always kind of been stuck. So that yeah. that is uh, yeah. that's always a question mark. I believe that will be left on his career, left on his legacy. Because mm-hmm. I mean, one of the most important things about professional sports to most professional athletes is winning that pinnacle title, that uh, um, Vince Lombardi Trophy, Stanley Cup, 
or NBA trophy, right? Yeah, the Larry O'Brien trophy. Larry O'Brien. Uh, just, just a couple questions. And I think, I, I don't mean to, to interject, but I think it's Jake, or not Jake Allen, but Josh Allen. Still an Allen, but not Jake. I think Jake Allen is the goalie for the Montreal Canadiens. One, will... one white guy named to another white guy named. We did it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we got it. So my question, my question for you, we'll go back to the Bills game, because Kansas City... Uh, you know, Bills kept it close. It was 38-24 for a little bit. Then Kansas, I think they just scored like 21 unanswered points just like out of the blue. So um, when you watched the end of the game, if you did catch it, I think uh, the Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, was like the last guy off the field. So if you're one of those players and you're, you know, you make it to the conference championships, you're, you're so close but so far, what does it mean to you to, to watch the opponent celebrate? Uh, I don't think it was a home game for them, but still. No, to, to it was watch, East Coast Stadium. Because yeah, they had it, fans it, it, so, in the building for some reason? God. Yeah, well, that's a whole other I, topic. I will never understand. Uh, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, so America. if you're the opponent, if, if you're the opponent uh, and you see their team get beat and you and you watch the other team that you just, you know, you lost to celebrate, what does that do to you? What, what kind of fire oh, does that I stir see. up inside of you? Coming out of, like, an athlete's that, point of view, like, what do you guys say? If you're a pro athlete, that drives you. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Without right? a that, doubt. Right? Unless you don't really care about winning, like, like winning a championship, then it might but not I can do tell it. you the player who doesn't care isn't that player who's standing there watching them celebrate. Oh, that sure. player yeah. is the one who is the first one off the field, the first one into the shower, and the first one on the team bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. He 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 had a good game. He had six receptions, seventy-seven yards. Uh, you know, nothing more than you can ask for from your star wide receiver. Um. But yeah, I think like with Josh Allen too, like they're they're gonna come back with a vengeance this season. They're gonna be a really good duo. Josh Allen went for twenty eight completions out of forty eight attempts, two hundred and eighty seven yards, two touchdowns, one interception. So that goes to show that he can hang with the big boys. I think one day we may see them get over that hump, but I definitely feel like next season we'll see them in the playoffs at a a, a similar record, if not better. Um, my next question would be for the other game. The, uh, the battle of uh, pride and wisdom between two old guys, Aaron Rodgers and, yes, respectfully, they're still ahead of their time. But with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, how, how, do you, how do you think that went for the Packers? I mean, they were close. They had Packers, a lot of opportunity to, to, get, to, get, to get there. Um, there was reports coming out that uh, Aaron Rodgers may leave just because of some internal issues with maybe the organization and the head coach, especially with that fourth down call and the option to to kick it. I think when they were so close to just kind of get over to the first down, what do you guys think? What what happens to to Aaron Rodgers? What what's the future for Green Bay? Is this the time for them to rebuild and go to their young guys and kind of get some good draft picks, or are they sticking with Aaron Rodgers for another year and you know they can run it back with Devontae Adams and everyone else that they have? that, you know, is their star caliber players for right now? Well, to be quite honest, uh, like kind of touching on what I said earlier, Aaron Rodgers has been there for his whole career. Uh, they've, never, career yeah. they've never been able to get over that hump and win that, win the, win the Super Bowl. Uh, and he's getting older, right? So mm-hmm. the relationship with them could be on rocky grounds. I mean, you talked about 
the um, the play call towards the end of the game. I mean, you've got your basically greatest quarterback of all time in your franchise. I mean, arguably against Brett Favre, respectfully to him, the legend. Um, and you don't trust him to throw that ball and get you that first down. To me, that could send some mixed signals to the Aaron Rodgers camp, if not Aaron Rodgers specifically himself. And maybe if something else comes along and something else piques his interest, it could be time for him to make that move, like a career professional move. We've seen it before. I mean, Favre was able to win in Green Bay, but I mean, towards the end of his tenure, when he saw the writing was on the wall with Aaron Rodgers coming up as his was his successor, so to speak. And then um, he moved on to the Vikings. And the Vikings were good at that time with Adrian Peterson. And uh, he, was try- he was basically trying to win another championship, so to speak. So yeah. I can definitely see that being an issue. But then the other thing is, is loyalty. Like, you look at someone like Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been in uh, New Orleans for his entire career, right? I know they've had some success, but you could argue if he was to go anywhere else, he probably could have had a couple more rings as well. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. so it's definitely it's definitely up in the air. Uh, I definitely don't have the answers. I think the, the, def, the answers definitely lie with Aaron Rodgers himself. And I'm sure... It's it's been less than a it's been less than a week, so things are still moving quite fast. Give him maybe a couple yeah. more weeks, process everything that's gone on, see how the Super Bowl ends up, see what moves the Packers potentially make, and then uh, go from there. Well, one thing I would say, and maybe this starts up some controversy, but Deshaun Watson has already asked for a trade. Packers may be needing a QB. Do they trade QB for QB with some assets involved? Get a younger guy, someone who might be able to get them over that hump. And, you know, do they just get rid of Aaron Rodgers at that point? But we'll um, we'll save that for maybe after and later on. Uh, we got one more topic along with the NFL, and this was a gut-wrenching story that's been kind of getting un- underneath us as we go. Just but awful. Former C- yeah, former Seattle Seahawks player, uh, Chad Wheeler, Uh, was arrested Saturday morning after police were called to an apartment by his girlfriend after there was a physical fight and, quote-unquote, he tried to kill her. Uh, The evidence that was provided with pictures and everything that you could probably find online uh, goes to show that this guy is just terrible, just a spineless goof who doesn't know what he does and, um, you know, just something that should be the out part, of the league for the sure. Part of the story that gets me the most and which is the most sickening and psychological is the fact that after he beat her so bad, he proceeded to ask her, oh, you're still alive? As if he yeah, thought yeah, he yeah, already murdered her in cold blood and mm-hmm. he just went on about his day. What? There was no yeah. 911 call, no nothing. He, what? For all we know... If she wasn't able to call nine one one, she very well would have died in that on that bathroom <clears throat> floor. But not- so I have God. some of the information here in front of me. So basically, it says that the woman told the police. I forget, uh, let me find her name. Just so I, I want to call her the woman. I don't. I can't remember her name. But when I find it, I will. Uh, I will say it. So the woman told the police that the alleged incident began suddenly when Wheeler asked her to stand and bow to him. When she refused, the six foot seven, three hundred and ten pounds. 
Wheeler, allegedly attacked her, throwing her on a bed and strangling her with one hand while trying to smother her with the other. When she tried to fight back, she said he grabbed her arm and twisted it, and she later lost consciousness for an unknown amount of time. When she awoke, Wheeler was allegedly standing near the bed and said, wow, you're alive. The woman ran to the bathroom, locked the door, and called the police and family. Wheeler picked the lock, went into the bathroom, and began to apologize, which is where he was later, which he was where uh, police found him when they went to the apartment. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, he left the uh, King County Jail on Tuesday morning after posting bond. The bond was set at four hundred thousand. Seahawks waived him, so he's not going to be playing in the National Football League. I hope that the NFL takes into consideration the type of abuse this was, and for some of the other players that they've, you know, brought the ban hammer on, they do the absolutely exact players like Ray Rice. You know, they they threw the absolute yeah, at yeah. him. Let him. And Forget if not, the NFL, then this, this will. I hope the law. Yeah. I hope he gets punished to the fullest extent of the yeah. law because what he did yeah. is inexcusable in any manner. Well, that's it's yeah. it's attempted murder, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you can say it that it was. No, that's what it is. All, all, all we have right now are allegations and proof, and I'm all for the girl getting her justice. Um, but we, you know, we have to let the evidence speak for itself and it's very descriptive so i'm sure that the court of law will get who they what they need and put this guy to justice 100 and it goes to ray if you yeah. haven't seen the images they are graphic so we do so more new ahead of time it's just it's a sad yeah. sad story all around um but on that sad note um we're gonna move on to our next topic so we're going to move on to our baseball segment we're going to talk about the toronto blue jays so in the last couple of, i guess in the off season you should say i think maybe like the last month i don't know how long it's been in the off season for them but the blue jays have always been in the mix whenever you hear about a big free agent or some sort of trades going through you can always count on the blue jays being they got the that mix. rogers finally, money but finally 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 the blue jays fans can settle i hope with some decent uh, off-season signings and maybe a trade that we had come through recently as well. So I'm going to go ahead and just list off the names. If I get them wrong, I apologize. Uh, and the amount of money that they have reportedly been signed to. So we got the big guy, George Springer from the Houston Astros. Six years, $150 million. Cheaters. Uh, Marcus Simon. Pardon? Houston Astros are cheaters. <laughs> oh yeah 100% no I, I don't agree with it yeah yeah, yeah. I thought you said Peters uh, Marcus Simon yeah me too I was like huh <laughs> uh, Marcus Simon one year reportedly he's got a one year 18 million dollar contract uh, Robbie Ray which is by far the best name on this list uh, one year 8 million uh, Kirby Yates one year 5.5 million and then Tyler Chatwood one year 3 million so this season, in this offseason, the Blue Jays have spent the most money at $184.5 million. So what does that go to show you? Uh, apparently, the Blue Jays might, I heard, and I was reading this, um, this might be backfire or uh, kind of shots fired to where Marcus Stroman uh, was saying that they would never build, like the Blue Jays would never build around their organization. Like they, they're just kind of like a take it as you go, right? Like whatever comes towards them, they're just drifters, right? Like if you want to send this guy to us, we'll take it. We'll just give you this. They're not really focused on getting those big name signings, but apparently this goes to show that they've got money, Rogers money. Uh, and they can uh, go ahead Chad, and, and Chad, get rest that. In peace. 
Ted Rogers, yes, sir. They got that money. Uh, they're going to go ahead and, and, and prove them wrong. And they got some big, big players. Uh, they also traded for a guy. I think he's a left-handed pitcher from the New York Mets, Stephen Matz. Um, the Nets or the Mets will get Sean Reed, Foley, Yanis Diaz, and Josh uh, Winchowski. Um, so, I think we I think we got some good players. I'm not a huge baseball fan. I think the last time I really paid attention was uh, 2018, maybe when they were winning. So when they were going pretty to the long time. But yeah, when they're winning. Remember the backflip yeah, 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 though. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I remember the backflip. I remember uh, 2018. Those were the best. Those are the best years to be a Blue Jays. Jose Encarnacion, but... Stroman on the mound. Yeah. David Price was our number yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had uh, – who was the the guy who did the knuckleball? I forget his name. Oh, Tim Ari Dickey. No. Oh, Ari Dickey. No, Ari thank Dickey. you. Ari that Dickey. that name. Ari Tim Wakefield was my opinion. Tim Wakefield yeah, was like 10 years ago. We also, had, we also had the bringer of rain, yeah. right? Come on, man. We had such a good team back then. And then – now we got the kids. So what does this what does this say to you? What does this say to you for, for if you're a Blue Jays fan like us, uh just kind of listening in and getting back into the fix of things? Does this is this good signing? Think, is this, is this something is. that we should be happy I for? Is. I think anything that helps that team, I mean, you know, get more players, get more assets, get better players, you know, grow a little bit. Yeah, they got players, but they got cheaters too, bro. Well, they, like, well that's the Astros organization. Of... That's the Astros. Now, remember, it's not yeah, just one player now, that now cheated. He came from the Jay. Astros. Now he's a Blue Jay. We can respect him, but when he's an Astro, we don't respect him. But now yeah, we just yeah, appreciate him too. for the talent that he brings to the table. Because let's, he's a, he's a, he's an All Star. Yeah, I hope right? he brings some garbage. You can't, you can't forget the fact that he's an All Star. And any time in any sport like, that you do sign an All Star, they they usually bring good things to the table. And the cheating wasn't yeah, just one player. I, I agree. It was like I'm the coaching saying, staff and the, and the whole no, game. But it was, was cheating. I know it was from, the, it was from the top to the bottom, but you, some of those players came out and said that, you know, obviously they didn't agree with it. I don't think he was one of those players. I think he just stayed silent. He was just like, Oh, well, yeah, we did it. Thanks for the trophy. And thanks well, for the paycheck. Were, if so you, would go. you come out and say, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agreed. I was a part of it. Like, I mean, well, everyone already knows, so you might as well get ahead of the the game, right? Some of those players said themselves, like, "Yeah, I was a part of it, but I didn't appreciate what we were doing." And I, you know, I, you know, deliberately told yeah, staff a, and, and other management that we that should stop. And, I think, I think in this and, case, and, like, and I, I understand, I understand got, what you're saying, and like, you know, that's the right way to go about it. But I think in this case, in terms of like what, from the outside looking in, as a major, like as a professional sports athlete. Uh, it's never a good thing to come out right and admit it to you cheating. The fact that the whole organization got punished for it um, kind of gives these guys an out uh, to use them as yeah, a they, got, like, they can a, get out of jail free card essentially. Pick- and in this yeah. case, there's there's a quote like "silence is sometimes the best answer." And I think that's right in this case. I guess I don't know. I'm looking at it for maybe a half cup full kind of thing but i think that if this was any other sport if you were to kind of come out and blatantly say that you know there was so much evidence stacked against you and you know things like this came out to play and an all-star goes to sign with another team i think it would still be reported on like this was three years four years ago i should say um and it just seems to have died down in the, the dust as if like you know 
Well, you got to remember, it's also a stain on the MLB, right? The MLB doesn't want that out there, like in the media, because that's not good for that's not good for them as a business. Because then, then, no, I understand, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if if this was the NBA, right, for the bubble, let's say like the Lakers bubble chip, right? You could put an asterisk on it because that could have been, you know, people could say and people will say that it's the easiest for them. There was no road games. There was no this. There was no that. No travel. No this. No that. You know, like yeah, but that's different than actually that, cheating. That it's a bullshit. Excuse me. That was it. It's it, because it, those are factors out of their. It's not. I I, I get it, but yeah, as yeah, the Astros they purposely, you know, they did it, and yeah, when I agree with you. That should be brought up. That should be brought yeah. up. That yes, he was part of a cheating organization, but. What does that really matter to the individual? It's not like he's going to come into the Blue Jays and go, all right, we should start mm-hmm. cheating, guys. Cheating's the way to go. Right? He's going to show them how to, the angle to bang yeah. on the trash cans. He starts teaching him how to – he starts teaching him how to – he's like, look, 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 okay, this one bang, one bang means this. Two bangs means that. All right? One bang's out, two bang's a ball, three bang's just – And he's like – the locker room going yo, for it. Oh, man. What if you just hear some kid banging on their seat and you just mess up the call? Two bangs? <laughs> okay, curveball. Home run. Now he's got to do laps. Oh, man, he's doing laps, banging. Uh, banging on a drum outside. But, yeah, like that's that's the thing. Uh, I don't think you can just right. put on one well, guy. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But still, screw the Astros. All those players that are on that championship team, they they don't get no love from me. As long as you, if you bring a championship here, we can talk after. But no banging on garbage cans. Don't bring no near, no fan bases, none of that. Leave all that stuff in Houston. I don't want no cheating here for the the, the Jays organization. So you you keep that back over there in Texas. Um, Moving on, we're going to segue into our basketball section. Um, So the Toronto Raptors, once a very, very formidable opponent is now the laughing stock of the Eastern Conference. Uh, just getting blown out. Games are too close. We're getting hit with Thanks the injury bug. Such a condensed schedule. Oh, it's not laughing stock. What, what do you guys think of it? So, I mean, we're not Washington, but we're not, you know, Cleveland. Like, we're used to being in the top part of the bunch, and now we got Cleveland. And God, New York really. is ahead of us. Yeah, the it, New York it, It's definitely a been a hard fall from grace. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a race to get up there. That's we were true. once the up Raptors there. Now we're have back fallen where, off. You know the the twenty the 2010s, the twenty. I feel uh, like the last few games up there. Like we're back. We took Pascal Siakam's spin moves a bit too seriously. Yeah, like the last couple of games we've lost two. The like on our last ten we've been five and five. So I'll I'll break down the record. We're seven and eleven. We are 11th in the Eastern Conference with 38% win, uh, five and a half games back from the first uh, spot. We're five and four on, at home, two and seven on the road. Uh, the Raptors have lost two, and their point differential is minus five. So within those last couple games, so we'll look at their actual uh, schedule here. And then we'll look at their season leading or their stat leaders and stuff. So, let's well, see. so or, let's go down. Well, we do this. Here. I want to bring up let's the fact that at... what happened last night. Uh, Kyle Lowry in a losing effort against the Bucks uh, ended up ended up becoming the what was it third all time point leader, third player in third, franchise. 
third player in franchise history, only behind and Chris DeMar DeRozan and uh, DeMar DeRozan to score as a thousand points for the. And he did yeah. it. So he's now currently. I'm just looking at the stats. Correct. He's at currently ten thousand. In- Next, like next in line is Chris Bosch, and that's ten thousand two hundred seventy-five. Lowry beats that, and with the rest, like with the rest of his time as a Raptor, right? Yeah, Lowry is the all-time greatest Raptor. So what you said? Yeah, you said he was at ten thousand and nine. Ten thousand nineteen. Ten thousand one hundred ninety-nine. Oh. Yeah, like I think he's got to get. He's got to get like two hundred, two hundred fifty points. Easy, easy, easy. He'll get that this season. He'll he'll he'll, he'll surpass Bosch's points record this season. I will yeah, put, my, I, put my money on it. How many, how many games do they have left he, in the season? He's a. He's a uh, Dude, have they even released here. the second half of the Two. schedule yet? They haven't oh, released oh, the second okay. half of the schedule yet. Or maybe they have. I, I haven't know. heard anything on that. Like I think the first half goes until like March, right? All right. Here's the next question. So, so maybe Demar Derozan is on top, yeah. right? Do you know how many points Demar has? Yep. Yeah. Ten thousand five hundred sixty-eight. Too low. Eleven thousand two hundred ninety-nine. Demar Derozan has really. He has, I think has fifteen. He has over four. Fifteen thousand. Thirteen thousand around there. Yep. Thirteen two nine six. Yeah, I I remember that. I remember his thirteen thousand point game. I I can't remember who they were playing, but I remember Damn. it was obviously it was a huge deal, right? Yeah. God damn. That's a That's lot of crazy. points. Yo, it was All so right. sad when uh, they got, so when I they traded you. him, but like it was bittersweet because we got yeah, we Kawhi, we got a chip. We trade. I I look out. at it as we traded Demar for a chip, not Demar for Kawhi. Because Kawhi's a waste, Kawhi's a waste man. Anyway. We traded Demar for a chip, and I got, I got my first Raptors jerseys for half off just because of that. So thank you, Demar. I appreciate everything you did for me. <laughs> I got my I Demar saved money, so thank you. From, uh, from uh, yeah, I say I, I saved money. I got it from Champs. I got it for like fifty bucks, and it was. I was like, "What? You guys are selling this for fifty bucks? You know how disrespectful that is to the player? I'll take it." And uh, I'll show him some respect. <laughs> I walked out of there, Brandon. Yeah, I'll show him some respect. Yeah. That's gonna have kids. So I'm looking show his at kids January's. the jerseys and be like, "Look, I got this when he left for half yeah. off." See this? <laughs> I got this when he left half off. Half off. Dad, no don't way. you get jerseys when players are here? Nah, they're too expensive. <laughs> no, they're too expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm looking at January's schedule for the Raptors. Um. Do you want to take a guess how many losses compared to wins we have? We played, I'll tell you this. We played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games uh, this month okay, so, so out far. Of 14, how many... And if you were to take a sheer guess, how many losses do you this think? This month? This month. Whoa. In 14 games. We still have another two to play, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we still have another two to play this um, one. I'll go I'm with, with eight. eight. I'm going with eight. I was going to say eight. nine. Saying eight. Okay, Corey's right on the dot. He's got eight. Uh, so there are eight oh, losses. Yeah. And, In the last no. four. One, two, three, four, five. Call me five six, hits. Six wins. Our 
That's our last wow, that's... five. Our last five, we lost to Miami, one eleven to one oh two. Then we beat Miami, one oh one eighty one. Then we won against Indiana, one oh seven one oh two. Then we lost to Indiana, one twenty nine one fourteen. And then last night's loss was a, a close one at one. They're still competing in games. Like yeah. I've been, I've been, I've watched. Marvel was the most competitive. I've seen them. We're losing off of simple breakdowns because of the inexperience of some of our guys. Like when we had guys here, like Serge and Marcus Gasol last season, like these these were reliable, reliable guys. Yeah, they knew how to play. Yeah, they knew how to play the right way, and you can trust them to make those right plays. Now you got like like respect to Aaron Baines. Okay. He's a hard worker. Um, respect to Chris Boucher. He's talented in his own right. But these are just no. I'll I'll talk on I'll talk on that after. I'll let you finish. But I these I got are just some of the things that because for have. example, like so at the beginning of this month we lost by four points. Then we lost to Boston by like ten or twelve, I should say. Uh, and then you know we were getting. We got we lost to Phoenix by like mm, seven points. Then we won against Sacramento big, but then we took these really close losses. I yeah, mean like one what? point losses. So we lost to Golden State 106, 105. Yeah, and then we lost one twelve to one eleven to yeah, Portland. And then you know, it seems like we're going like win some, lose some, win some. We can't catch a break, right? And now my theory is we're getting hit with the injury bug. So everyone's gotten hit with their protocols from COVID. Everyone's getting hit with uh, contact tracing. We're soon to be up next, but right now we're facing the injury bug. So uh, that's that's one thing. Another thing is what I noticed from the Indiana game here that we played. We won super close, but then we lost really bad. And if you guys remember, uh, Indiana's head coach Nate Bjorkstand used to be our assistant head coach, yeah, he was our main rest. assistant head coach. Uh, so he was our offensive court. He was our offensive coordinator in that sense. He ran all our offensive plays. And if you remember what Kyle Lowry said at the beginning of the season at media day, he was talking about how they want to be a more defensive team this year with Nick Nurse. Now, the reason why I say that is because Nick Nurse, and he's a great coach. I, I love him, love what he does. But I think he plays a more defensive style. And I think what worked best with the Raptors is when we had Nate because he was that offensive guy. He was the offensive push. He was the one that knew how to keep our offense in check to play defense as well. That's why we were so able, like we're so good to gel with people like Serge and Mark. And we can't seem to get that with Chris Boucher and Aaron Baines. It's not working because there's no rotation uh, fit for them. Like we can't keep them both on the court, right? It's too big. We can't, the way that we could do that with Serge and Mark. Another thing I would say is in those games, uh, like we, as I guess the Raptors, I should stop saying we, but the Raptors are um, are having a tough time just simply running plays, basic offensive plays. Uh, and I think that's due to Nate not being there. He was such a, a strong person in, within the organization and within the coaching staff that the Raptors just don't have an answer. They don't have anything think, but to play Do you play think they're just frustrated at this note, point, point blank offensively? Well, I would. I got Fred Van Vliet dropping 25 a night almost, and I can't get other guys because Pascal's too busy trying spin to do a 360 no-scope on the court. Spin cycle, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. 
Like I will like I will say Boucher, OG, and Fred are right now, in my opinion only, carrying the team. As long I as watched, Kyle's healthy, he's there too. But I don't I don't see Pascal helping out. Like Norm is doing good on good nights. When he gets like when Norm gets the opportunity to play, he will ball out. But right now he's being held on the bench a little bit too much. And I think that spreading out the court getting him involved more could help them take some of the offensive pressure off of Van Vliet and OG and stuff. Cause OG's OG's having a season. Like, let's go look at their, and he just signed his contract. He's, he's making Masai look real good as Masai often does when he makes these decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. Okay. So Fred Van Vliet is leading our team points per game at 18, pretty much 19 points a game. He's got 18.9. Pascal is second with 18 and, uh, and tied with Kyle Lowry. OG's dropping 14 and Norman's dropping 14. Uh, rebounds a game. Pascal's grabbing eight. Uh, Chris Boucher is drop, uh, grabbing four or six, sorry. Assists per game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's grabbing or diming six. Uh, steals per game. OG's got two. Blocks per game. Chris Boucher, I think, is fourth in blocks a game this league in the, in the season. Uh, Damn, behind Miles Magic's Turner, really good. Rudy Gobert, and Anthony Davis. Chris Boucher is yep. yep. a player. He's just Three point per- he's, he's still young, very yeah. young. I mean, it's very evident from looking at him and watching him. He's obviously got to get bigger and stronger. He looks like a toothpick. I was just going to say. He looks like a toothpick compared some to some of those guys out yeah. there. Right. How, but, uh, hold on. How young do you think right Chris Boucher is? Mm-hmm. I, I know uh, how. I'm exactly looking at it. how old he is. Yep. He's 28. He's 20 or 21. That's my guess. 28. He's 28. He's 28. He's 28. He's 28. He's 28. Yeah, he was born in, he was born in 93, January 11th, 1993. He just turned 28. I was mistaken. Mm -hmm. He got drafted. He got drafted in 2017. Yep. My bad, guys. I was wrong. No, I honestly, I think we were all the same boat. He has that baby face. And now. No, he's twenty-eight. Yeah. So, can he too, even, you know? Now he said he's twenty-eight. Can he even <laughs> fill out that much more? If he's already, he's already I hope so. And if not, so then we long. just got we just got ourselves a thon maker. Like, is that just his natural bodies? Yeah, I know. How much does the guy? Oh, he must not eat a lot of. Food. Might just be his. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, for field goal percentage, Paul Watson Jr. leads at 66%. And you know who's second? Chris Boucher. He's got 53% from the field. And then uh, OG is fourth. Free throw percentage, Matt Thomas, 100%. That's probably because he's not playing too much. Kyle Lowry and Fred both have 88 and 85. And then minutes per game. Fred's pretty much playing the whole game. He's playing 36 yeah, minutes. Yeah. So, I, I have mean, a point about Fred. I was watching the game last night. And it was towards the very end, under a minute left, the the game was still within reach. Like it was a couple, a few possessions game, like two or th- two or three possession game. And mm-hmm. can't remember who it was who made this play, but it was just a complete. I think it was Stanley Johnson. He rushed a corner three, which would have brought. Yeah, it was a six point game, so he rushed a corner three, which would have brought the game down to three. I think there was like 19 seconds on the shot clock and there was just under a minute left and he missed it and uh, they got the rebound and went down and scored the other way. 
And you could just see the look on Freddie's face when it bounced off the rim and they missed the rebound and they went down the court the other way. He probably did the slowest turn and walk back towards his own basket, like just looking completely dejected. I can only, I can only help but feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I mean, he's playing most minutes on the team. He's putting up crazy numbers. He's yeah, doing, he's, he's doing the most out. he can do, and the results are just not going his way. But I mean, if there's anyone who, do you think it changes? Anyone, but I mean, do I think it changes? Um, yeah, I think there's got to be. Like, especially since we're in Toronto and we we're also fans of the Toronto Leafs. There's like two halves of a season. You'll have the Leafs doing really well, and then the second half of the season, they they completely just just break apart. Like, could oh, this be the Raptors okay, aren't doing so hot? I think then, I think it's because we got no fans. Yeah, or gets the other thing too. They're not yeah. even playing in Toronto. They're not playing yeah. at home. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Yeah. We, we the South yeah. now. We the South. It's basically like it's basically playing in a bubble. Yeah, well, that definitely plays, plays a role into players' mental. Like, they're who, who knows? Who knows if their family is with them? Um, living in a different city, having to get accustomed to everything, especially those who have been with the Raptors for so long. And mm-hmm. you know, as a as an athlete, you become a you you create certain routines, certain habits, and then having to yeah. uproot and change yeah. that can definitely the cause. The Raps went to the playoffs. Like, look at Siakam. He struggled in the bubble, right? But the team was, you know, in that bubble longer than anybody else, right? Because they had they were coming from Canada. They had yeah. to quarantine, uh, and that was like a two-week period. And then they were there longer for training camp and stuff. And then they, they went down to Orlando, right? So, like, if he – if Siakam yeah. – like, again, I don't know if it was the bubble – in a hypothetical world, we'll say it was the bubble that affected him. This is only affecting him the same way. Yeah, no. Masai said it himself. He said that said that Pascal struggled in the bubble. He, you know, we we were aware of it. He was aware of it, and that's why this season is such a struggle he's, for him because yeah. it's just he's another a huge bubble. Family guy too. I know from watching no Open Gym. I know his brother actually lives with him or in the same building as him in Toronto. And he comes to all the home games. He's he's got a very tight knit relationship, kind of like with Giannis and his family. Mm -hmm. So, um, or like like Mm -hmm. similar too, I should say. I mean, you can probably see that all around the league, but we know about those guys. Um, So yeah, I can definitely see that being a huge, huge factor. One more thing I want to mention about stats with the Toronto Raptors. So I'm looking at the Raptors versus the NBA league average for most of the stats. So we uh, average about 109 points per game. The league average is 111. Not too bad. We actually lead the league in assists. Uh, so I'm assuming or we're top one of the top teams. We have 25 assists per game compared to the 24. But pretty much we get outranked in every other category except uh, assists and turnovers. So we average 19 turnovers a game compared to the league average of 14 and a half. That's just not good enough. So, I mean, our three-point percent, yeah, our three percent is at 38% as a team, which is higher than the league average of 32. But then again, our 2% field goal percentage and our total field goal percentage is just super dismal compared. So we are 44 for three two-point percent. 
uh, 41 uh, for total field goal percentage. Two-point percent in the league average, it's 57. So everyone's hitting two points. And if you're not, you, you just suck. And it seems like we just suck because we're not hitting them. And our total field goal percentage is nowhere near. So we're off by like five, which is a big difference if you think about it. So I think the last topic, I guess, would be, are we heading towards a rebuild as Raptors fans? Uh, what what do they have to expect? Are, are people getting traded? Rebuild, draft picks going rebuild in no. Is this the Retooling. To, uh... Yes. Yeah. Masai's got to make some moves. Uh, like, we got, we got unlucky. I know we were, so we were trying you, to get hardened, but I heard the, the package they wanted was too high. Uh, I think Harden would have been a bracelet for the Raptors, too much. to be honest. Well, that, that's, I, that's a whole other question that we could talk about. But, like, I mean, if you get a player like Harden, maybe, like, right fit or not, he's still a player that could change your franchise. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I'm going to look at free agents for next season, and then we'll see, like, if there's any possibilities – Somebody could. Uh, Here's a question. If there's a Toronto, if there is a player I mean, in the it's league, a lucrative market. The Raptors could get their hands on. Who would you guys want it to be? Since we're on this. Time. Well, that's why I gotta look. I gotta look. I gotta see. Uh, I could pick any player. Twenty. Any player in the league. They like okay. just to be on the Raptors right now. LeBron James. Well, you. Well, LeBron James. LeBron James. Like, there's no question. You take LeBron James. <laughs> I would take, if you I would take, take any if you take any player right not now. Wrong. You can even take KD. I would, I would take KD too. I would take I would take Kevin Durant. Easy money yeah. sniper, bro. If yeah. you ask me, he is the best all around. Luka Doncic. He's basically is he's a true? seven foot guard, a seven foot guard who can shoot the ball like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Like he can't, you cannot James defend that. James, he yeah. can bring everybody up. I feel like, but I feel like LeBron. LeBron is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like LeBron is also put on a pedestal by the media and by the NBA. There's been this whole thing created around him from the moment he came into the league, being dubbed the chosen one, naming himself the king, and people running with it. When you have someone like Kevin Durant, Ooh. who goes up, does his number, does numbers, and is he goes out quietly about it. And then, if anything, you only uh, hear about him when he's, when he's getting, into, getting into Twitter Twitter wars with his with his burner accounts, right? <laughs> I think reputation plays mm-hmm. a huge role in who people consider like the greatest of all time conversation. But like, if like if you're talking to an like I, I know a lot of basketball heads, so to speak, and like if you're talking about actual balling skills, a lot of them would say KD would beat LeBron one on one. Straight up. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean... I would love to see that now. <laughs> I would love to see them actually go at it. One that's on one. tough. That's tough, yeah. I mean, it's... it's they got... They're both good in their respective ways, and they're both legends, and they're greats. But it's... It, I don't know, man. I, I would have to take KD, but my gut's telling me take LeBron. That's like betting against Tom Brady, right? You just don't bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, it's hard. You just don't it's hard. Right? I can't, I can't it gets harder and harder to bet against Tom Brady because the more you think about, ah, he's done, he's washed, he'll just come back and throw like four touchdowns and 
500 yards. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like, you think, no oh, LeBron's not going to do it this year. And then he yeah. takes the Lakers. The minute, like, like, oh, damn it. Yeah, LeBron. You know what happened earlier? You know, you know what happened earlier this week? Uh, he was playing the Cavs. An old Cavs front office member was clapping it up, laughing, joking around because he missed a shot at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> Came back at the fourth and dropped 21. <laughs> yeah, he said, and and he said moment, he took it personally. I he said he took it personally. it personally in the media. <laughs> Shout out MJ. I take it personally. <laughs> yep. So, so I got uh, the free agents listed for 2021. Some big names some little names. So we got, I guess, like, just from what my screen can hold. Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Blake Griffin, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Drummond, Drew Holiday, LaMarcus Aldridge, Victor Oladipo, Goran Dragic, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dennis Schroeder. There's obviously tons and tons more, but really I would be here for hours for reading off all the names. Do um, they bring back DeMar? There is still some really I was players just about make. to say that. I That's would love thinking, to I mean, back. You can bring back DeMar and then you get – but you can also no, bring Kawhi back Kawhi. So Kawhi's Kawhi, 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 Kawhi staying at home. Kawhi's staying at home. Kawhi, Kawhi, has a player, Kawhi, Kawhi has a player option, and I don't know if he stays at home. I think – But we could say that for another episode. That is, yeah. Because that's a whole other thing. Bro, when you think the Clippers and you think Kawhi, PG, and what they had even last year, and they can't do anything, and what no, they lost on Rivers, they're done. That's it. I'm leaving. Dude, I, I, think, yeah, I'm I think they jumped and there. shipped I'm a little bit too early there, there, Matt. I think, like, because they're, they're, they're doing really well this season. They made some key additions, like stealing Surge from us. Like, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, like, I, I know they're they doing really well, but I'm still waiting. They go to every I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, right? Like, Kawhi, no. Yo, Kawhi did, said did that you? he texted Serge and said, I need you. And Serge was like, ah, well, I mean, the Raptors did you, aren't did you, did you watch me, Serge's so interview the, about the what Kawhi to, said to him? To stay. <laughs> it was the most hilarious but Kawhi and Serge thing ever. He said he got a text message and it said, you coming, bro? Question mark. That was it. That was it. Three words. Yeah. See. <laughs> no. Like no. You hear NBA players getting on jets to go to people's houses and wine and dine them to have them. Kawhi Leonard, a man of minimal yeah. words. Three words. <laughs> he probably could have just said, "What to do, baby?" Punctuation mark. Hey, I'm coming. <laughs> All right, and then and Serge, my chef. Serge, oh, I'm gonna, I miss that guy. Yo, he uh, is one of his favorite all-time Raptors. He's from his from his game on the court to his personality off the court. Nah, what are you talking about, man? We got to bring back Two my man, Will. Will. Oh, six six girls, man. Girls, 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 girls. Girls. we need Two women, Will, bro. Need, that guy, yo, he changed the game on us in Canada because, like, we're not. Like, yo, he brought the American way of life and literally just put yeah. it on the main stage by having two girls. Literally. I was mind blown. I'm like... I, I, bro, Drake, like Drake says, I got two girls and they get along like I'm who? That time. So I'd... I'd... <laughs> That's like crazy. Like a Lou Will. Jeez, bars. Uh, they get... No, 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 like no, Danny no, Green, no. he'll start hitting three throws. I mean, I'll be honest, Danny Green, I love them, great guy, like personality-wise. Um, <laughs> and he played Green in the regular season, playoffs disappeared. Yeah. 
Oh, here it is. Hold on. Here. Hold on. Where is it? Where is this going? But... We are not down to that bad. Toronto. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say Andre, so Drummond, Andre Drummond, I think, would be probably... Andre Drummond would probably be the I'm best fit for the Raptors, depending if they can get him on a good good contract. Because I know he'll in the open market, he'll probably he can definitely demand a lot. Uh, he's, he's an all star. He's an all star. He's averaging twenty five. Right. I'm curious like, how this market's going to go. Being that it's yeah. you know the whole, like, like, the Raptors, the whole this is going to be a crazy offseason because of the pandemic I'm telling and all that you. kind of stuff. Like. Like how is well, NBA MLS, gonna MLS, react? Yeah, money, bro. Yep. MLS, you no, can. I'm not saying afford- the owners, but I'm not saying the owners. I'm saying like in terms of the NBA and like the salary cap and all that kind of stuff. I know it's not the same as NHL or NHL's hard cap. I know it's a soft cap and you can go over with the luxury tax and stuff. But just in terms of like cost, because then the other thing too, MLS is now paying rent for the first time this season. All right, because they have to pay. Um, what is it? Amalia yeah. uh, Center. Amelie Arena, there you go, in Tampa. Uh, Amelie, Amelie Arena. Yeah, so like, Home there's the more kind of money being moved around, not as much money being made. Um, and that's – yeah. Like, I wonder how that's going to affect not just the Raptors, but everybody. Because it's also the Lakers. They can't gain much market from the – Like, they're not yeah. making as much money as they normally did. So how is that going to affect their bottom lines? Yeah. No, I get you. Oh, but I mean, that was, uh, yeah. And then I think we got our last segment here. We'll, we'll just end it there because we'll save some of this basketball talk for next week. We got a lot of stuff that can happen within a week. Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on it, but we got our last little segment here and it's going to be about the national women's hockey league, the NWHL. So we're going to pass All it right. off to Corey. Corey's going to handle this little bit. Uh, and he's going to tell All us a little right. bit about what's going on as, in the NWHL. Um, as so was mentioned in the last show, take a listen. Everybody. The NWHL started in a bubble um, in Lake Placid, New York. Lake Placid, New York. Uh, yeah. Where is this bubble? There it is. Yeah. Oh, that's in New yeah, York? So they're playing at Lake Placid on the Olympic ice where the miracle of ice happened in the 80s, nice all that stuff, Canada. all that jazz. And, you know, you got the six teams. It's six teams, right? Boston, Toronto, Buffalo, Minnesota. Connecticut and the Metropolitan Riverettes. Yeah. Okay. So you have the six teams. They're all there. All the women are there. They're all playing their games. It's going to be a two week thing. Uh, they're playing their games on Twitch and uh, the finals will be on NBC in the U S and all this is all this good stuff is happening. There's buzz around the women's game. People are talking about it. All this, these just good stuff and things are happening, right? Toronto got their first win the other day, followed it up the next day by getting their second win. Great mm-hmm. news there. Um, Woo. And then, Shout out, Shout out the six for, for killing the it. They've goal. been actually playing really well. Um, but then uh, come to a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, uh, this whole kind of kerfuffle happened. So it kind of happened between the NWHL and Barstool and then just women's hockey in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so the CEO of Barstool Sports, mm-hmm. which her name is Erica Nardini, she is a public supporter of – um, the NWHL of women hockey, right? She supports women's sports. She's very, you know, forthcoming of that. She had uh, two players from the NWHL on her podcast to support the bubble and all that and what was happening in the season. Um, following that, 
that podcast being released. Uh, multiple women's hockey fans and journalists tweeted their objections to Barstool, the company, um, which, of course, Barstool has had uh, has been accused of publishing misogynistic content and harassing its critics and a whole other set of controversies that have happened in the past. And Nardini kind of took this, it seems she kind of took this kind of personal because she then followed up with all the, to all this hate with taking those tweets and taking those responses, like those hate comments and putting them in a video and voicing over explaining what she, you know, that she's a supporter, that she has a dream to own a team in the future in the NWHL that, you know, she's a big supporter of women's hockey, but the whole time she's talking, there's images of the tweets with people's names and Twitter handles. Right. Um, and that then prompted a lot of people to be like, Hey, you can't just put them on blast like that because you're, you know, you're then, you can then get your fan base, like barstool supporters, right. And fans and consumers to then you're, you can radicalize them to then antagonize these people. Right. And these reporters and these, uh, these fans and, and so forth. Right. And like, it's the age of the internet. People can get doxxed, all that kind of stuff. Right. So there was backlash that way. Um, and then that prompted the NWHL to also come out and make a statement saying uh, that they don't approve of how this was handled, um, basically. Uh, and then there was another thing where a, one of the the few black players in the NWHL came out and basically said, we don't want uh, or here. Uh, what would she say? One of the ancient, so her name is Soroya Tinker. One of the NWHL's few players of color issued a strong rebuke of Barstool writing. Uh, the NWHL does not want support from any openly racist platform. So now there's a whole slew of, you know, people calling out Barstool for past racism and all these other things. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of becoming uh, a very kind of, weird dynamic within the world of women's hockey where women on either side are kind of going at each other going, well, I support it. Well, I support it too, but then I don't like how you're supporting. I don't like how you're doing it. And it's just kind of like back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's no wonder. If, and now that I look at this, I'm like, it's no wonder women's hockey hasn't gotten to higher status yet with NHL backing. Cause the NHL just doesn't want to touch this with you know a 10-foot pole like they don't want to mess with they rather let the woman figure out what they want and mm -hmm. then if it comes to the point where there's nothing in the nwhl or the nhl can come in and help fully and they won't be seen as some kind of bad guy or won't get any kind of bad pr because i think that's what they're most afraid of yeah, I then, think like if the NHL just comes in and swoops in and saves the day, then it's just like, oh well, they couldn't let them do it themselves. Like the here comes the big boys always coming to ruin stuff, you know, or something like that. Yeah, what do you guys think of this whole situation? Do you think what you know Nardini did was was right? Do you think you know? I don't think it's right. Like, I, I think like if I think if like I get her it, taking it though, and being like being yeah, offended but, by it because you know it's yeah, it is you know not nice to have, but. You can't just put people on blast, especially this day and age of the internet. Yeah, like the way in she handled it was just inappropriate. Maybe the information. It's very especially it's for very somebody of her stature. Like she's think, supposed oh, yeah. to represent Barstool and be the yeah. CEO, and then she's doing it kind of petty-wise. You, like, mm -hmm. you can't let people's opinions um, 
affect you that deeply that it affect that it um, impacts your professional brand slash image because people are gonna have opinions that you don't like and people are gonna have opinions that you do like so you have there's a you gotta obviously you don't want to be disrespected yeah but there's a and there's a way to go about it to get your point across and I don't think the way she did was the right mm-hmm. way if if you want to say there's a right or a wrong yeah. way mm-hmm. but again that's I all. think like her, the information think- could have been put out differently and like the way she handled it was just very inappropriate as a ceo of like you know a business like like, yeah, thing too. It's, like, not even like it's just like a, a podcast host it's like yeah, the head like of the, the whole, company yeah like the whole company like it's not like a division it's the whole thing yeah so that just puts it into retrospect i was going to say like the bar barstool doesn't have any sort of funding in the nwhl right like there's no no connection no, no, no. there's no there's no like yeah, and David Cho released that there's no money being exchanged. There's no partnership at all. Okay. Right? Okay. It's just that, like, it's sport. And it's, you yeah. know, women's sport. And they're trying to grow women's sport. And, like, considering, like, this whole pandemic has, caught, has seen the WNBA, their viewership increased by 15%. The National Women's Soccer League, right? That's seen a mm-hmm. seismic increase of 493%. Because it went from basically nobody watching it to now a lot of people watching it. So, yeah. This is good for them, though. This is really it's good. good for the NWHL too this season. I feel like there's been a lot of people, and like I've been tuning into the Toronto Six games on Twitch. Yeah, and I and I check like because I'm on Twitch and I'll check like their stream to see how many people are watching. The Toronto games get more than than most of the other games, but the other games are even averaging around like two thousand, three thousand people, which is really which is pretty good considering, uh, you know. Then not every like it's not top of the news. And the other thing I've noticed too is you watch Sports Center or TSN or Sports Center uh, Sportsnet. What's it called in Sportsnet? Sportsnet Central. There you go. Oh, my brain. Yeah. Uh, you watch those, too and many they're sports. actually showing highlights. They're actually showing highlights, like like the yeah, Leaf game. I was watching the highlights. Yesterday. They yeah. showed the highlights of the the of the First Toronto Six game. Yeah, in, I saw that. You would have not seen that five years ago unless it was the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. that was the only time you saw women's hockey was the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, the Olympics. and it's a shame because I feel like person. This is a personal thing. Like, all I, I give support to the end of which do what you got to do, make the women's game big, by all means. I personally was more of a fan of the CWHL. Yeah, um, I remember going to a couple of those. The Canadian games. Women's Hockey League. And it, it just, it's just a shame because that league ended up folding because they couldn't get the backing and all that kind of stuff, and they couldn't get the eyeballs on them and the money and that kind of stuff. Where it's like now the NWHL is is getting those eyeballs. I'm like, oh, if the CWHL could have got that back then, it would have been, you know, we would. I feel like it would have been better for for women hockey, but I don't know. That's just me talking. Just looking at that. just looking at the NWHL standings and stuff. So Minnesota's three and zero. They got six points, uh, nine goals for yeah. six goals. They're they're the reigning, so they're the reigning Isabel Cup champs. Actually, okay. fun fact: Isabel, so the name Isabel Cup, comes from Lord Stanley's daughter. Oh. I think her name is Lady Isabel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's where they got the name for Isabel. That. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. I like that. I like that. Uh, Toronto has the most games tied with Boston, surprisingly, uh, with four. Uh, we got two wins, one loss, one OTL loss. Uh, 11 goals for, 11 goals against. So, that, Okay, that overtime sure. loss, though, by the way, for the six. Oh, damn, that was crazy. 
that was um who are they playing i think it was minnesota they were playing they went up 5-1 damn they went up 5 so you're telling me they had a 5-1 lead and they blew it they had a 5-1 lead and then uh minnesota came back scored four and answered goals tied it this is worse. This is jump. worse than a three-one loss. That the three-one series went lead into, that the Warriors gave up. I think it went into shootout. Jeez, Louise. I think it went into shootout. That's crazy. Yeah, it, uh, it was a crazy watch. Has two wins, one loss. I mean, these, these, there's some high-scoring games, I guess, of all these goal scores and stuff. Like Toronto seems to be scoring a lot. Minnesota's scoring a lot. You know, a they're lot playing on Olympic are, guys too, I believe. So there's more yeah, movement. Like it, it's not. Um, it's they're playing, they're playing where they where they where they shot miracle on ice, right? Yeah, it's yeah, where the miracle on ice actually happened, not where they shot it. Where it actually happened. Oh, so the Toronto. <laughs> it's not the movie, average. but no, that's the movie. <laughs> Yo, my brain is going to. Well, uh, we're probably gonna. My dog doesn't know this. that miracle on ice is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. But don't say that. <laughs> So um, Toronto six average two and eight. 1972 Summit Series. That's 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 my religion. No, that's, that's, that's not a real thing. So Russia, not a real so country. Is, so is so is the moon landing. <laughs> 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 two point eight goal yeah. for was was the was the series rigged? Do we need a recount? Yeah. <laughs> They're sixteen percent on the power play and eighty four percent on the penalty kill. And yeah. you pull up these stats. Matt just pulled up all these stats. I don't even have this. <laughs> uh Toronto.nwhl.zone. Damn. Matt is the stats the guy. Buffalo Buttes, Damn, he really is. They, uh, they average <laughs> 1.3 goals, a minus six differential, and 13% from the power play. So it just seems like Buffalo always starts off really bad with whatever organization, and eventually they get really good. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Sabres. I think, they, Buffalo I think the Buffalo Bills. Buttes actually won a few years ago. They're um, yeah, they're on a two-game losing streak right now, so they're not winning much. No, but I think they won the cup a few years ago. Let me see. Uh, yeah, they won in 2017. So, oh, okay. What happened was Four so the first ago. year was 2016 Boston Pride, uh, 2017 Buffalo okay. Bills, 2018 was the Metropolitan Riverettes, which is like New York, New Jersey. Um, Buffalo Buttes, what a name! Mm-hmm. And then 2019 was the Minnesota Whitecaps, uh, and then last year 2020 there was supposed to be Boston versus Minnesota in the final, and the final got canceled due to the pandemic. So mm-hmm. basically, Minnesota is kind of the reigning champ uh, this season, and I think well, Boston has a half championship, and Minnesota has a half championship, so they got one and a half. We'll just call it like that. There you go. And that's uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Now this year will be, I think, coming up in like a week or so will be the next final, and we'll see who wins. Boston Pride is the next team I'm looking at. They get two goals a game, fifteen percent from the power play, eighty-seven percent from the penalty kill. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. The Metropolitan. It's good hockey. Riveters, it's not no or Riveters. Yeah. The the one oh, thing. Jesus. These the one guys, thing I will preference to mind. those. The one thing I will say to those who are tuning in and expecting to see names like Spooner or Nurse or something, you know, some big Olympic names. Um, you're not. You're not going to see either the Canadian or American Olympians in this league at the moment uh, because they were mostly in the CWHL. And when the CWHL folded in 2019, they created the Professional Women's uh, Hockey Player Association. And they're setting up 
events and stuff and we'll keep an eye on I think that. They did one earlier um, this year. I think they did like a three, they already three do tournament. They did one, maybe not in 2021, obviously, but last year in 2020, they did a, I, I think the NHL yeah. was like supporting it and they did a, like a week long 3v3 tournament with between like Canada and US. And I think, uh, no, that I, I know the, the winner, about. I think the winner had to buy beer or something like that. I could have been something fun. I think maybe it was about the all star game. I don't know. Was it that? But last. I don't know. I, I know that they, they did something with the women's league or a women's league and they had it like super uh, televised and promoting and everything. No, I, I watched that, it clear as that day. I think, no, that was, that was the all-star game. That was, was the all-star game. They had the women's three on three. Yeah. That was, they had a women's three on three game before the all-star game. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. But the other, like, the, they've been going around and doing, it's called Dream the Gap or, or something to, to that effect. Yeah, the Dream something tour. I, I, dream, uh, I know what you're dream, talking about. Gap Dream tour, Dream Gap tour, something to, like, to basically lessen the gap, like, get their pay and, and get recognized for playing sports and stuff. And which is, you know, all power to them. That's that's what they, they should yeah. be striving for. Um, but that's how they're going about it, is they're doing more awareness and that kind of stuff rather than just playing for a team and trying to win a championship. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, climate women's hockey compared to really any other kind of area of sport because everybody else seems to have their stuff figured out when it comes to the yeah, women's game. Just like, we're still, we're still working out the kinks. Yeah. It's, I think, I think what we're seeing right now is literally a battle for the profits. Cause I don't this think they're going to have be, very, be able to have two leagues. Yeah. I think no. that, that's oh, that was the yeah. thing that right was now, with hockey. They never they had two leagues for like ten years. Well, they had the CWHL yeah, for like CWHL was around for like ten years. Then the NWHL came in in like what, 2015, 2016. and um, and that was in a situation how that league got made with between the CWHL and the founder of the NWHL, and then that you know, um led to that NWHL being a thing. And now you have these two, you had two leagues for like five years or four years that were going, you know, kind of going at each other. And that's why the NHL didn't want to get involved. It's like, no, you got to figure out like who it is, who's it going to be. And who's the sole impact. proprietor that we're funding. Cause I'm not funding. Yeah, and then, but then the other thing Basically, too is now what's going on. the CWHL, you have to remember it was a non-for-profit, right? All the teams are centrally owned. Mm-hmm. It was a non-for-profit league. The NWHL now, uh, it was a private league that owned all the teams centrally. Um, now they're starting to adopt the more like NHL model where the teams are all owned separately and the league is its own entity. Right. So yeah. like now the Toronto team's owned by an independent person, Boston's owned by an independent person and the former, yeah. the founder and former commissioner of the NWHL is now head of the, of the organization or the parent company that owns um the rest of the team. So the Riverettes, the Buttes, and the Whitecaps. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And the the Whalers. Like, they're all owned now by the former commissioner and the founder of the NWHL, and now there's a new commissioner in the NWHL, and it's all, like, separate kind of thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Instead of being I'm just looking at by the league. So now, like, yeah. now the NWHL, like, they've always been for-profit, and now they're really kind of trying to push, like, for the for-profit side. So if... Mm-hmm. They cave, they don't want to cave to the NHL. 
and not make any money because now it's an investment thing, right? They're yeah. just trying to get their money out mm-hmm. if this thing goes south. So like that's going to be the issue is like the NHL either comes in and be kind of looks like a bad guy like buying out the NWHL, or mm-hmm. they just have to wait for it to fail, and yeah. then they can come in as like the hero and put in their own league and. They should do a short squeeze. They should buy it while it's low and then sell it back. To them. <laughs> like GameStop. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at like the Metropolitan stats. They have a 9% power play mm-hmm. compared to everyone else. I think I, it's like not the lowest I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. We already seen Toronto's. I'm looking at the Connecticut Whalers. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Connecticut Whale, they have, Three goals a game, eleven percent from the power play, seventy-five percent from the penalty. That name bugs and me. The white caps. Yeah. The Minnesota Whitecaps, wow, they're just killing it. They probably score a lot on their power play. They got twenty-three percent from the power play, eighty-nine percent from the penalty kill. This is just a team of workhorses, huh? Like they just go at it. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But um yeah, I think I think we've covered a lot for this episode. We did pretty much everything got all our topics down and we did good so i think um i think we're gonna go ahead and end it there for this week's episode i gotta um, go buy some nokia follow us yeah we gotta go do some days trading you know just some regular stuff that you do in the quarantine do not sell um, hold do not sell hold yeah and remember fish are friends not food um thank you guys for joining us for episode two of the unknown to podcast uh we will catch you guys on the next one next week. So thanks for tuning in guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.